If you could join me then on the back of your bulletins or in your Bibles, Exodus chapter 20 and Ephesians chapter 6. Exodus 20 verse 12. Honor your father and mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Ephesians 6, 1 through 4. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Please pray with me. Jesus, we love you this morning. We thank you for this beautiful day and for the time we have to learn about this commandment. Jesus, I pray for Brian that you would be with him as he speaks and that you'd give him wisdom. Jesus, give us wisdom and humility. I pray that you would be transforming our community and that you would just give us a hunger and a thirst for righteousness this morning that we could grow and learn and do all these things for your glory and for your kingdom. Jesus, we pray all these things in your precious name. Amen. Todd, I'm moving all your things for Tony. <clears throat> all right, good morning, everyone. We are uh, continuing our study on the Ten Commandments. And uh, this morning, we are looking at the Fifth Commandment. But before we do that, just a couple of quick comments um, uh, about the announcements. Number one, uh, Union Rescue Mission Um, we are doing that because we feel that it is, it is important to serve the city that we are right next to. And um, most of us, or a lot of us, live in Malibu because we want to get as far away from L.A. as we can. But if we think about it, honestly, we have to understand that we are still connected to Los Angeles. In fact, many of us make uh, a living in, in some way, somehow it's connected to L.A. So we want to avoid the mindset of we only take the parts we like and the parts we don't like we just ignore and reject. And so even though it's just one little thing we do, we're a little ways away from downtown L.A., but we still want to serve our city and love our city and understand that there are people there um, that do a tremendous job at the Union Rescue Mission serving the homeless population uh, in downtown LA. So I just want to invite you um, to join us last year. Um, it was a very meaningful experience and you you really get to um, connect with the people that work there and then also the homeless people there in the neighborhood. So I invite you to be a part of that. Last thing I want to say before we start this morning's time, um, just checking in with everyone and how well you did last week resting. And how difficult, I'm, I'm guessing that most of us probably didn't rest at all. There was no difference. And I just want to really encourage and challenge people that you have to understand how important God's gift of rest is to you. And that if you want to flourish and grow as a person, that you must 
function within the way that God created you. And he created you to work hard and rest and not just push it, push it, push it hard all the time. So we just want to take deeply and seriously God's gift to us, God's gift of rest. So this morning we are looking at the fifth commandment of honoring our parents. And here is the idea. God, in the story of Exodus, is creating a community of people, the nation of Israel, to live a different way. And we find in the New Testament that Jesus creates a new covenant people and that we are called to love each other, to love the community that we, we live in, and that we are forming an alternative culture, an alternative community that loves um, our city that we live in, that we have a different set of values. And this morning, there is just a very straightforward command that is repeated in the New Testament, and that command is that we are to honor our parents. And unfortunately, there's no little footnote, there's no little side note, there's no word that says except or but or if. It's that we must do it. And, and if we're honest, and we, we, we want to try to take God's word at face value and say, and, or believe in our heart that God is speaking this to us, we understand that, that it's, it's actually a, a complex application in our lives. Part of what makes it complex is that the parenting-child relationship That's right. They, they have this really cool switch that makes it go off. That's right. <laughs> God's word is clear that we are to honor our parents, but it's complex. And here's what I mean. It's a complex relationship because it's changing. Your relationship with your parents is different when you're 10 years old than when you're a baby. And it's different when you're 20 than when you're 10, and it's different when you're 30 than when you're 20. So our relationships with our parents is evolving. It's constantly changing. But all during these different stages of our lives, the Bible is clear that we are to honor our, honor our parents, honor our father and mother. In fact, this command is only second to our relationship with God. So the first four commandments are vertical, how we relate to God, and then immediately the first command that God gives us is how do we relate to each other in our families, that family is of utmost importance. It's important to, to make this distinction, and when we talk about this, we have to understand that there is a wide range of parents, that some of you have come from homes where maybe your parents were just outright evil, that there was really horrible stuff that was happening. And within that range, you have amazing parents, parents that loved you and affirmed you and instructed you and taught you. And so what makes this complex is that there is a wide range of parents. And that the commandment, it doesn't say this. It doesn't say children admire your parents. It doesn't say children trust your parents. It doesn't say children or um, adult children to obey your parents. It doesn't even say love your parents. 
we are told to honor our parents regardless of how they treated us. And we must just, we have to be willing to just slow down and think for just a minute about this. Of all the commands that God gives us of how we are to relate to each other, number one, he says, is our families. And so what I'm proposing to you this morning is that we have to focus on how the gospel applies to our families and how we relate. It's that part of our lives that people don't often see. We have a public life that we all see, but there's a private part of our lives that only happens within our families, within our homes. So no matter how your parents have treated you, we are told that under all circumstances to honor them. But you must make a distinction in your mind between honor and admire. Honor and love. Because if you don't, you will send your life into this tailspin. Because there is this, there is this odd thing that happens, and this might freak some of us out if you're still young, but there is a likely tendency that you will become your parents. That young men, you will become like your fathers. And young ladies, you'll become like your moms. And so regardless of the parenting style that you were brought up in, we are told to honor our parents. One author I, I read this week says this, um, that honor is a choice to treat our parents with dignity, that there is a long-term loyalty for the well-being of your parents. To treat your parents with dignity, to have a long-term loyalty for their best well-being. So this morning, we'll just look at a few things. Number one, we will look at why we are to honor our parents and then how we are to honor our parents. Number one, why and then how. So number one, why are we to honor our parents? Why does God make this so important? Well, number one, God tells us this because our parents gave us life. Your parents, you would not exist except for at one point, your dad thought your mom was the most amazing thing in the world and, well, hopefully, had a very romantic dating time and got married and, and then created you. But we know that that isn't always the right thing, the, the, how the story goes. But here's what the point. What we have to understand is that you and me, all of us, are much more individualistic than we want to realize or admit. And we forget, and it's really easy for us just to think, you know what? I just started. I just had this life, and we forget the sacrifice that parents have made. None of us, none of us remember the first year of life. And until you become a parent, you, you don't realize the sacrifice that parents make. Moms go through hours, sometimes days, of labor just to get you out and tremendous pain and sacrifice. And then sometimes they're crazy enough to do it again <clears throat> and have two kids. And then they go through this stage of months and months of no sleep or very little sleep, of crazy uh, crying babies. And all during that year, 
There is never a single thank you. It's pure sacrifice. And what we have to realize as adults now, now we can comprehend this a little bit, you have to understand the sacrifices that your parents have made for you. And then God says, honor your parents. Think carefully about the sacrifices they've made. Even think about the years of your life um, just growing up. The sacrifices that parents make. And then your teen years of driving you all everywhere to sports and to school and to be able to reflect back and say, wow, I just, I owe so much to my parents. A good parent will sacrifice their own personal desires to raise godly kids. And we need to understand that. And what this does to us, it says, you're not the center of the universe. The world does not evolve around you. That's why we are to honor our parents, because you recognize in your heart the sacrifice that people have made for your own well-being, and that you are not the center of the universe. God says to honor your parents. Number two, we honor our parents because there is this promise attached. And the promise we see is that with this idea of honoring our parents, there comes along structure. And what we need, what people need in our lives is structure. People need structure to flourish. If parents are dishonored, then community breaks down. If parents are disrespected, if parents are ignored and rejected, if parents are mocked, then community breaks down. We all have our own stories, and I will spare you any of my own family stories about how parents can mock, or how even adults, I should say, mock their parents, how they speak down to them, how they ignore them. Honoring our parents creates stability that every family needs. There's, there's one TV show right now that I enjoy watching that Karen and I watch together as often as we can, and it is a, it's a New York City cop show, and it's called Blue Bloods. And one of the reasons why we like it is because, shock of all shocks, there are four generations that sit down together and have a meal together. And they talk about their life. And one of the things that's really interesting, we don't see this very much in movies or TV anymore, but there's tremendous respect for dad and tremendous respect for the grandfather. So there's a grandfather, retired police commissioner, the dad, who's the current commissioner, and then sons, and then grandsons. And it's intriguing to me, and at least interesting to me. And yes, it has all the regular police drama and the, the fights and all that kind of stuff. But there's a part of this show that's interesting, that there is honor and respect to the different generations. In the New Testament, Paul says something, or excuse me, Peter says something that's parallel to this. And what happens is our minds begin to go to places like this. Well, my parents, you don't know my parents. And so, honor is a very difficult thing. The military has a term that they say something like this, that you salute the uniform, not the man. In 1 Peter chapter 2, Peter writes this. He says, 
honor the king. Honor the king. And this is an important parallel for this. This is not talking about parents now, but there's an important distinction, uh, an important parallel to make that regardless of what our parents did or how they treated us, that we are to honor them. When Peter writes this, uh, the political leaders of the world this time, there were guys named like Nero, who did really bad things. In fact, it's quite possible that Peter was referring to him during this time. And let me just share with you one really horrible thing, because many of us have parents that maybe have done horrible things to us. But there was a time when Nero has a party, and he crucifies 800 people at his party. And then he pours oil on them and lights them on fire to celebrate the party. And Peter says to him, says to his writers, honor the king, which is mind-boggling a little bit. But here's the distinction I mentioned earlier. The Bible is not saying obey the king. The Bible is not saying you must love the king. In fact, in Acts chapter 5, it, it says that we must disobey the king but we will still honor authority. And so structure breaks down if we become disrespectful, dishonoring to our parents, even if they've done bad things. And we'll talk more about this at the end as far as specific things of how we, we show honor. But it's very it's natural for us to mock, to belittle our parents and the flaws. Here's, listen, here's the reality. is All of our parents here have made mistakes. And I can say to everyone here who's not a parent, but will, soon will be, come on to the party, welcome in, and you can be a parent like everyone else and have your own mistakes. So my dad made mistakes, I've made mistakes, but the Bible is saying we still have honor for our parents. And that means we treat people, our parents, with dignity. All children, here's the quote I mentioned earlier, all children, regardless of age, must honor their parents by showing dignity and long-term loyalty to their best interests. And this is a radical change. This is what the Bible says when we say we want to create an alternative community. That, re that regardless of how our parents treated us, we are going to honor them. So that is why we do it. And now we'll look just for a few moments of how we do it. If you have your Bible, turn just for a minute to Ephesians chapter 6. All right, so I'm going to break the how into two different categories. First, we're going to talk about children. Children honoring their parents, okay? So if you, if you are a parent with young kids in your house, still in, in the home, you have to teach them, and this is what we're going to focus on, you have to teach them to honor you by obeying you. Little kids, so we're talking about little ones until you're out of the house. Little ones honor their parents by obeying. And then next we'll talk about how adults honor their parents. Okay? So number one, we'll talk about how we do this. Children honor their parents by obeying their parents. So I'm, now I'm talking to parents and trying to help us teach our kids how to obey. All right, so number one, we won't turn there, but number one, mom and dad must model their own personal relationship with Jesus Christ. You have to live it out at home. You have to be an example. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 7. 
talks about basically every area of your life. You're coming, you're going, work, home, rest, play, how you live your life. Model for your parent, for your children, what it means to live out the gospel. I can tell you this right now, that if you forget this as a school teacher, students will come back and, and talk to me. They remember very, very little about what I taught them. And they only remember who I am as a person. Kids are little sponges. I guarantee you that when I'm talking about the War of 1812, eighth graders are not like, this is so exciting. It's the best thing ever in my life. What they remember is who I am as a person. What your kids remember is who you are as parents. Husbands, how you treat your wives. Wives, how do you speak to your husbands? You're modeling. You're teaching. Whether you realize it or not, you are teaching every moment of your life. So number one, you want to teach your children to honor and obey you by first modeling your own relationship with Christ. And that means this. That means talking to your kids about your own relationship with Jesus Christ. That means praying with them. That means reading God's word together. And it doesn't have to be some formal thing. It should be a natural thing, a natural overflow of who you are, a natural overflow of your own relationship with Christ. If you want, if you want your young children to grow up and someday be adult children and have them honor you, you start now when they're young. So that's, number one, you do it by modeling. Number two, and this is where we'll look, at Ephesians, just for a few moments, <clears throat> Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4 says this, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in discipline and instruction of the Lord. Parents, we have to avoid creating a disposition of anger in your kids. Listen, I guarantee you, all the young men here, many of you are angry young men inside for a variety of reasons, but one of the reasons could be connected to how your dad treated you. That you're always looking for affirmation, that you're always looking for a job well done, and your dad never gave it to you, and so there is resentment that has grown into your life and bitterness that works itself out in anger. And so number one, we have to understand that it's quite possible. This should keep all of us dads. We should be sitting up a little bit straighter now, all the men, by this. You can ruin your child's life by creating anger within them, by how you parent them. So how do we avoid creating an angry child, whether it's a young man or a young lady? Paul says this, number one, you maintain balance. You maintain balance between discipline and instruction. At the end of verse 4, Paul says this, bring them up in discipline and instruction. Two key words, discipline and instruction. Number one, discipline means this. It means you have to say no sometimes and that you're not going to be your child's best friend. Okay, here's an example. 8.30 this morning, one of my boys says, Dad, can I have a Swedish fish for breakfast? He wanted candy for breakfast. All right? It wasn't too difficult for me to say no. Okay? It didn't crush me that, that my son got mad. 
All right? So parents, we have to say no sometimes. Discipline means this, that there are lines, that there are boundaries in your family, that if you cross them, there will be discipline. We live in a culture today where parents would rather be best friends instead of saying, no, this is wrong, this will hurt you, this is not for your well-being. Paul is very clear that one aspect of your life is that you have very clear, listen, you have to be clear on your boundaries for your own home. They must be firm and they must be enforced. But if they are vague and unclear, you will create anger. So number one, you must have discipline. But if all you have is discipline in your life, guess what? You're going to create an angry child. You need the second word too. The word is instruction, which means dialogue. But there are times when you have to dialogue and, and listen. That you have to persuade that what you're saying is true. That you have to stop talking for a moment and listen to your child. That there's counseling going on. That there's coaching going on. And what will happen is if you are too heavy on dialogue and not enough discipline, you're going to treat your child as if they're a little eight-year-old adult. And you need both. And if you're too heavy on discipline, you're going to be like this hard authoritarian model that your child will resent you for being so authoritative. Here's what we have to do. We have to try to understand the culture we live in. The culture we live in often creates a parenting model that we can call the, uh, the delegation model, where parents just want to delegate their kids to different areas. They want to delegate their kids to school. They want to delegate kids to church or youth leaders, delegate kids to coaches, and we don't want to take responsibility. Paul is saying your primary role as a parent is to teach your kids. Number one, starting by modeling. Number two, by discipline. And next, by having this balance of listening, of instructing, of counseling. Paul says this at the end of the verse. He says, raise them up in the Lord. If you want to raise kids that will honor you, you must teach them what it means to obey their parents. And it is a difficult job. It is a challenging job. And we need each other. We need families who are willing to come together and share with things that, that have worked and listen to each other. Listen, nobody, nobody is the perfect parent. Everybody has success stories and failure stories. But this is the charge. If we want to be a place where families are healthy, parents must step up to their responsibility to teach their kids. <clears throat> Next, how do adult children honor their parents? All right, here's the word. The, the Hebrew word is kabed, which means heavy. Uh, a way to translate this would be significant. That your parents, that your parents have a significant place in your life. That you treat them with respect. And there's a wide range here. 
and I'm not going to be able to cover every detail this morning, but we have to know that the range is parents that have done horrible things, parents that were amazing. I did a little bit of research this week about parenting and, and, and how parents have blown it, and you, you are shocked about how evil parents can be sometimes. I, did, uh, I read this week about Supreme Court Justice Sonia Sotomayor, and she was a New York City, uh, I think she was a DA, and she had to quit after a number of years because the amount of evil that she dealt with was destroying her. She could not handle it anymore. And one of the things that we must be honest about in church life is that some people have experienced the worst that people can be to their own children. And one of the things I found that was interesting and just crushingly sad is how the guilt and shame, a couple of things I came across that moms had because they could not protect their children from an abusive father, where the dad, the biological dad, would literally hit, physically abuse, emotionally abuse, sexually abuse their own children. And the moms, because of the fear and intimidation of the dad, could do nothing. And so this deep resentment and anger and pain of children towards their moms, one story I read was about a, a woman who could not understand why her mom would not prevent her dad from abusing her as a young lady. And the mom talked about how she was so frightened and so intimidated by her dad, by her husband, that she could not do anything, that it went on. And then what happens is you look at the life of the dad and you look at the backstory of his life and the abuse that goes on. So this, the idea, this topic that God gives us of honoring our parents is tremendously heavy. That's what the word means. Significant. That honor is important. That society depends on people honoring their parents. That adult children, and most everyone here that right now are adults, that culture, society, churches, families depend on you honoring your parents. All right, so just some, some ideas of how we honor our parents today. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start with the group of parents that did a pretty good job. That did a pretty good job. Number one, honor your parents by knowing the details of your family of what honor means. And here's where I mean every family is different. Some families, a birthday is a big deal. Some families, holidays are a big deal. Some families, visiting is a big deal. Some families, calling is a big deal. Some families, writing a long email. Find out what works. Find out what honor means for your family and do it. And here's what I want you to do. Tell your parents one thing that they taught you. Tell your parents one thing that they taught you. Tell your parents how much you love them. Tell your parents that
that now finally, as an adult, I can begin to understand the sacrifices you made by number one, delivering me, feeding me, cleaning me, taking care of every little need that I had, driving to baseball practice or little league practice or whatever the things were, say to them, I recognize the sacrifice that you made. Regularly reach out and communicate to your parents. Show them honor by understanding that they've had an important role in your life. Number two, honor your parents by forgiving them. And this has many deep layers. And I do not plan or hope to answer all of these deep questions because this is where we have the full range of abusive to good parents. But you have to remember that all parents are broken people. And none of them, none of us have done a perfect job but you cannot hold on to grudges or bitterness or brokenness because that will only destroy you and it will destroy your relationship with your parents. This is a very prayerful, thoughtful thing because wounds of a family are some of the deepest wounds we can have. The, the mean-spirited word of a father to a child can easily be recalled. Families are highly skilled at wounding each other. And wounds that we just ignore and pass over need to be dealt with. And it starts with the idea of wrestling with forgiveness. The gospel changes our families. The gospel says that we are all looking for love that we all want the love of a father, that we all desire the acceptance of a father. And there's one story I want to conclude with in Luke chapter 15 that tells us the story of the one true father who loves us perfectly. And it is the story, Luke chapter 15, I won't read it this morning, but Luke chapter 15, starting in verse 11, is the story of the prodigal son and it is a story of a son who went to his dad and said, I want my inheritance now. His father was wealthy, and he wanted it now, and his dad gave it to him. And the Bible says that he went out and squandered his inheritance on reckless living. He was a fool. He was a young man who took the wealth that his dad had given him and spent it with unwise living. Verse 18 says this though, after reaching a point of brokenness, after reaching a point of saying that all this reckless living still leaves me wanting something more. And I think it's really important for us just to pause for just a moment because I see this sometimes that we're we're always looking for something more, that we have the love of the Father, but we're always out looking for something more to satisfy. And this picture of this son reminds us that the things of the world will never satisfy your heart. You will always be looking for something more. There is only one thing that will truly satisfy your life. 
Verse 18 says this, I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced and kissed his son. It's a picture of our Heavenly Father pursuing broken people. It's the only love that will satisfy. It is the only love of the Father that will quench the desires of our heart. That we all have these longings. We long for a right relationship with our parents. We long for the affections to be met. We long for a family love that is meaningful and gives us purpose and gives us a place to be a part. But the Bible is very clear that that longing is only ultimately truly satisfied in a relationship with our Heavenly Father that is made accessible through what Jesus Christ did on the cross. So the opportunity this morning is that we all have parts of our lives that are broken. And some of them are significant and most of them are related to our parents. But regardless of the brokenness, we are called to honor our parents. And for that longing in our heart that can only be satisfied by our Heavenly Father, you have to understand the picture of salvation, that the Heavenly Father comes running to you. Regardless of what you've done in the past, this is a picture of salvation, of Jesus coming and running to you and saying, come home to the Father. There is rest. There is peace. You will be unconditionally loved and accepted by the only one true God that matters. Let's pray. Father, we come to you this morning understanding that it is only through a relationship with your son Jesus that you can begin to heal our hearts. And Father, I pray this morning that through the power of your Holy Spirit, that if there's anyone here that has bitterness towards their parents or brokenness or resentment, that, that this morning would, beginning, would be the beginning of healing. That this would be an opportunity to, to end a cycle of brokenness because of your son Jesus. I pray that this would be a new day, a new opportunity for parents, for the single people here that aren't yet married that will one day be parents, that we would deal honestly with the brokenness in our lives and that we would see the value of what it means to honor our parents. Father, I pray today that we would be active in reaching out to our parents, those of us who are adults, and showing honor to them. We ask these things in your name. Amen.